0: In 2021, there were more than 3 million new gun owners in the United States, and now around 42% of all households in the United States have a firearm. People support the Second Amendment. For firearm enthusiasts, suppressors are a good idea when practicing at the range, indoors or outdoors. I mean, a suppressor doesn't silence your firearm, but it does help to protect your hearing, and even more so for those who like to spend a lot of time training with their firearms. My friends at Silencer Shop are the industry leader for suppressors. They're a Texas-based company. And their customer reviews are awesome. So if you're new to shooting suppress, I want you to know that Silencer Shop has made the NFA process easy. Details are online at SilencerShop.com with free shipping and no transfer fees. And their suppressors start at just $365. Search Silencer Shop on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube and spend more time at the range, protected with a suppressor that's right for you. See their variety and how to get yours through SilencerShop.com. That's silencershop.com. We've been given a lot of bad information,
1: so why don't we
2: clear all of this up now and explain to us how it is that no officers are we'll in there for an hour. Yes, rescue Yes, not much to get inside that room. we will circle back with you. We want to answer all your questions. We want to give you the why. That's that's our job. So give us time. I'm taking all your questions. I'm taking them back to talk to the team.
3: Yeah, and, if uh, uh, at, at the beginning of that... Yeah, Utah. that's Victor Escalon, by the way. He's with Texas DPS. We're in Uvalde, Texas. As expected, all eyes of the world still there. Governor Greg Abbott not going to the NRA convention in Houston. No, he's he's following Steve McCraw from DPS Public Service, and everybody's still in Uvalde. Welcome to the Dana Show, amigo. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my sister, my precious friend, Dana Lash, big hug to you. Dana, Chris... My brother Sugarcane, Steve, all the gang at the Dana Show, thank you for the call. We're firing up Southern Command, taking care of business today. Yeah, if you, you may have struggled at the beginning of the cut. You hear a reporter, and, yeah, he's just doing his job, but, you know, calm us slow down, man. Just calm down a little bit. Sparky, we, we, we need to get information. Look how much the story from Uvalde has changed in just like 12, you know, 24 hours. Victor's going to say, I'll circle back to you. doing the Jensucky thing. I'll circle back to you, get you more information. Uh, reporter, you could kind of hear him in the background. How come you don't give us information? Uh, s- something to the effect. How come you don't clear all this up? How come you don't talk to us? Because the investigation is still taking place. Dopey, be... wait. Now, I understand we need answers. My goodness, and, and I understand as a dad... As a loving dad, which is an, another subject, as we find out, the home that the Ramos kid came from. My goodness, what what a hellish existence that boy had! Nothing but hate, and nothing but a. a seemed like it seems as, as far as the early indications are abandonment, uh, hate bullying, all that stuff. Just uh, Mom had problems. I mean, dad, I don't know where he was. He popped up in the news yesterday, said something. Living with a grandma. A grandma took the brunt of it literally in the face. My goodness. You're going to talk about um, poster family for dysfunctionality um, in a family. There's, I know the story has changed a lot, but the facts are still coming in. And as a father, man, I understand the frustration, and I, and I understand all... All these parents that are in the news this morning from West Texas, from Uvalde, who were watching law enforcement stage outside the elementary school. Four, 30, 40 minutes plus, maybe. The report from what I saw, you know. and right now we got Steve McCraw from Texas. If you listen to a recorded version of the Dana Show, what you doing? You need to tell your program director, go live. Because Dana covers news as it happens, 12 noon to 3 p.m. Eastern daily. Getting you the audio cuts, the live messages, the live news, conference, live audio, and immediate reaction. And get good newsmakers, get some folks to comment on that. You need to go live. So anyway, may, you might be hearing this later. Right now, Steve McCraw just came to the microphone in Uvalde and giving us an update. We we find out that a couple of, of cops, there was no security. There was no security cop, by the way. No, no security officer. That's what we find out in the past 12 hours. What And this kid, oh, this this punk, this killer, Ramos, he was outside the school for what, like 10 plus minutes, shooting, shooting away, shooting at people, taking shots at the school, at, at other individuals? Man, that is an eternity. You found he's not that big. Where the hell were the cops? Maybe they, yeah, maybe they were responding to, to Grandma. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I'm not in law enforcement. I don't want to be disrespectful, but why the hell do we need 20 units on one crime scene? It's like why like everybody leaving their desk to go see the action in a small town. I bet you there were so many units over when Grandma, who survived a shot to the face, grandson shot her in the face, this ungrateful demon. And when I say demon, I don't mean he was like possessed by the devil or you know there was some outside influence. No, he chose the hell that he inflicted on those kids. And you know some of the thoughts I try to avoid. Seriously, I try to avoid is I don't I don't like to think too much about what happened in that room. And as as a dad, you, you know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, this has been a, a a very tough week for all the country, for Uvalde, Texas, for. Exponentially, inexplicably, for the moms and dads who lost their children, for the husband who lost his wife, had a heart attack, and now we got one family doing two funerals in Uvalde, Texas, as a result of this mass murder. The first responder is the folks who had to go in there and work the scene. Okay, that's all I'm going to think of that. I'm, I'm trying real hard not to think of that. It, it's, it's been a tough week because... Uh, Man, you, you think too much of that th- that type of stuff. It will get you down really, really quick. As a dad, you know it's you, you don't you don't want to think about this, but that, that Ramos guy, he chose the hell that he inflicted, and, and you know the truth is, you ask me, that's where he opened up his eyes after he got shot. I don't know where he got shot, but when he he finally had his last breath. I, I think he wound up being one of Satan's brides, just as my opinion. And that's, my goodness. Now, there was a comment from one of the kids. Uh, I, I haven't checked this audio yet. It's cut to Steve, the uh, you know, Valde High School senior. He talked a bit about the shoot. Let's see what that child Salvador had to say. Ramos cut was a boy who was not bullied. He would try to pick on people but fail, and it would aggravate him. I would like to get that out of the way. He was not bullied. He, prior, and I don't see this covered, and I'm gonna put this out there, he would hurt animals. He was not a good person. Something happened, obviously, in this Ramos young man, earlier in life, made him that twisted, that jaded. You know, we come to find out his mom had, probably, substance abuse. That was some of the initial reports, and she said something. Uh, Dad came out, and I, I don't know where Dad was all this time. He was blaming the mom. The re, re, reports I saw this morning, he was blaming the mom for it. Like what? Not buying him new clothing or nice-looking clothing. He was bullied, I guess, at a at a younger age. Kid had issues, and obviously no support network to help him deal with that. And he was just strange, weird product of however many years of. Whatever bad home life experience or school experience he had. You know what I find most disheartening about the new information that's come out the past 12 to 24 hours. And again, we're getting more information right now. Steve McCraw is at the microphone. I know Steve's going to probably spin anything interesting here for us to, to play for you. We've come to find out. As I told you, there was no security officer at, no school security officer. Two officers did engage Salvador Ramos like four or five minutes after he went into the school. There was some firefight, couple of cops injured. That's, that's what I saw. The other cops, when they called for backup, the other cops, they set up shop outside. There is audio this morning, and I played it on, on my local South Texas News Talks days. I had audio this morning Of the parents. And it's in all this, you know, thanks to online media and people posting videos and everything that they took with her. everybody's got a camera, everybody got got to sell them, posting indignant, frustrated, terrified parents telling authorities, do something, get in there. No, for 40 minutes, they staged, they set up shop outside. It's, where where did we see that before? Was it Florida when we saw that frustration? It's cut three, Steve-O, the Texas police lieutenant, explaining why the cops were reluctant to engage the gunman, to go in there and save the kids, to go in there and find him and kill him and risk their life in order to end the situation. No, they, they stayed outside they set up shop outside it's cut three steve
2: they do not know where the gunman is uh they are hearing gunshots they are they are receiving gunshots at that point if they if they proceeded any further not knowing where this suspect was at uh, they could have been shot they could have been killed and at that point that gunman would have the opportunity to kill other people inside that school so they were able to contain that gunman inside that classroom uh so that he was not able to go to any other portions of the school to commit any other killings
3: I argue that the gunshots that he's talking about that they heard from a distance, <clears throat> I argue that the gunshots they heard from a distance was this punk shooting nineteen children and two teachers. I mean we've been here before, man we for all of y'all clamoring for the government to do something, we need more laws, we need more government. We need only law enforcement to have the guns and protect us. So tell me how this turned out again, amigo. You're gonna tr- you going to who you going to trust to protect yourself? Who are you going to trust to protect your kids? Those frustrated, scared, terrified parents. You know why you know what the cops did st- staging outside? Setting up shop outside. I go putting I guess the the yellow tape, nobody beyond this point. No, you can't go, sir. They were pre they were there preventing the parents. I, you tell me, amigo, you tell me. I mean, I got people in the news studio, my producer Freddie looking at me, I said, I don't care. Shoot me if you want. I'm running in there to get my kid. That was the paternal, maternal instinct of every parent outside likely hearing the additional gunfire, wondering if it's their kid being shot. No, they stayed outside for 40 minutes and they did their job. What was their job? To make sure parents didn't go in. (laughs) What the hell with that? (laughs) What? You want more laws? You want more regulations? You want more government? Look how it turned out. What government protecting you? Oh, my goodness. Protecting your kids. Wow. <laughs> and right now, there's some silly rally outside the National Rifle Association NRA big convention in Houston. And with all due respect for all the politicians, now I'm going to somewhat give a pass to Governor Abbott. Not not that much. I'm, I'm conflicted on this one because I, I love Greg so much and his wife Ceci. I think it's a missed opportunity. I know there's some other politicians that they called out early. I think Senator John Cornyn probably, and I got a headline, so I need to go back and confirm, but I think Dan Crenshaw and Senator Cornyn, I think they canceled sometime back this was before this. But man, I would re-up, go back and message. Message liberty. Message personal protection. Point the finger back at, again, government that failed to protect life, protect protect children, protect teachers. And what, you want more of that? You want more regulations? People, we're so hyper, so hyper-emotional right now, the last thing that we need to do is knee-jerk, react to this, and surrender our liberties to a government that failed again, government entities that failed again. Politicians, bureaucrats, policymakers, all failures. That's the last thing we need. We need to take a step back and, with logic, with common sense, with time, finally address the problem. We got to harden the schools, we got to harden security. That's what we need on the ground. Anyway, more on this issue as we go. I just need to get off my chest. Man, I'm really looking forward to ending this week. I'm really looking forward to an extended weekend. I know this problem is not going to leave us, but my goodness, it's been a roller coaster of emotions this week for everybody. God strengthen and give wisdom to the families of West Texas and Uvalde, their extended family. And all first responders who have to work this scene and continue to work this this hellish scene in Uvalde, Texas. Maybe it's time to disconnect, right? Maybe it's time to disconnect from media for for a while. Do it this weekend. have, Have a conversation about that later on.
0: When you wear Tommy John, you're that much cooler. Not just because you're in better looking loungewear, because most lounge wear just sucks. You can do everything better. Thanks to breathable, lightweight fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. I don't sit here. I don't care about telling you about how innovative it is. It feels like it's made from kittens. It's like angels sewed it with kitten fur. I don't know. But it's comfortable and you can lounge at home in it. It's great for summer because the lightweight, stretchy fabric God bless innovation. So look, this is why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. With over 17 million pairs sold, people dig themselves some Tommy John underwear and loungewear, or as I like to say, leisure wear. You can shop TommyJohn.com slash Dana now and get 20% off your first order. Tommy John fanatics are happy about this, and if you're not a fanatic, you will be. Get 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash Dana. Check out them joggers. Check out them Henleys. TommyJohn.com slash Dana. See site for details.
1: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech.
3: Our country reportedly gearing up, the Biden administration gearing up to send Ukraine an advanced long-range rocket system. It's called the Multiple Launch Rocket System. They say it has a range of almost 190 miles for the Ukrainians. California, two postal workers from Southern California arrested because the feds think they scammed California out of $800,000 worth of unemployment benefits. And at the box office this week, and of course, Top Gun Maverick going to be number one should take in almost 200 million bucks. I'm Sergio Sanchez, in for my friend Dana Lash, thanks for joining us.
0: Keltec Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Keltec's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9 millimeter P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9 millimeter P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind, and Keltec's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Kel-Tec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P-15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling, while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P-15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your World. See the new nine millimeter P15 first up close and personal at Keltechweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com.
1: Red meat, black coffee, truth telling, the Dana Show. I can promise you that this tragedy in Texas is gonna touch off a wave of new gun buyers. People are gonna be rushing to shops to get guns. The new ones. And the old people who have been at this for a long, long time, because they see some possibility of gun control in some form or another coming their no. way.
3: No. no, that's not going to happen. No, Tom. That's, that's Tom broke Yeah. Welcome to the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my sister, my friend Dana. And Dana, I'm enjoying an extended weekend, and I hope you get some rest. And somehow, at some point, disconnect from all this awful negative news. You got to de-stress, amigo. <laughs> I know I do. I'm looking forward, Lord willing, to some extra, extra sleep. Tom Brokaw things that there's going to be a wave of new gun buyers because of new laws restricting this, that, and the other. That ain't happening, dopey. The reason, Pete, and you know what? This. I've been thinking several times about this. I, I need to go get myself a little bit more ammo for my rifle, my Celtic rifle. I need to get a little bit more ammo for my pistol. Because I'm going to pose to you that same question I a moment back. Who are you going to trust to protect your family? Who are you going to trust to protect your kids? I'm not calling for anarchy. I'm not calling for rebellion. I'm not doing any of that. But what we have in front of us in Uvalde, Texas... I wish I wasn't saying this, but we have, you know, from my perspective, from the perspective of parents on the ground, from more information coming to us. What what else do I call it? Uh, frustratingly, uh, I'm I'm having to restrain myself from calling this incompetence. We were here before, amigo. That shooting in Florida at that at that high school. Cops set up shop outside. Well, inside. A murderer was plucking kids students shooting at teachers one by one. Well, why are you in law enforcement? Why are you called to, you know, you swore an oath to the Constitution? Your life is to protect and serve. Get your A double snakes in there and do something. You're outside the hall. I know you you want everybody to come home. Give those rifles and guns to somebody who will do something. Those parents were all every single one of them. I bet my mortgage. I bet every single thing that I, every single one of those parents were willing to die, grab a handgun, and charge the room. I I, I know it's it's not the standard. It's not policy. It's chaos. But just my goodness, we had 19 kids, two teachers dead. They hear firing and popping of gunfire, maybe get in there, charge the room. Again, this is just a citizen. I'm just a talking head. I'm like you, just frustrated watching this. I don't want to call it incompetence, but what the hell do I call it? We were here before. We expect, like our soldiers, individuals, in our country who volunteered to defend our nation. They volunteered to sign their life away to the President of the United States to say, go there, give your life for our country. On this Memorial Day weekend when we have this precious liberty and freedom, this imperfect country that is the United States of America, but it's still the best on the planet. And if you doubt me, don't just look at the border not too far away from Uvalde, Texas, right south of my office, 10 miles south, look at the thousands of potential illegal immigrants staged just on the other side of the Rio, waiting to get into this imperfect country, the best on the planet. Our soldiers died to allow us an opportunity to keep perfecting our nation, enjoy our liberty and prosperity. We expect our soldiers, because that's their calling, when there is an emergency, when, when needed, they will give their life for our nation. I, I know that in law enforcement, you, there's probably a bunch of cops joining me right now. And my, my Twitter thing is at Sergio Talk, at Sergio Talk. Because, yes, I am talking from emotion. And, and we're all hyper-emotional right now. But I, I got a whole clan of individuals out there wanting to seize liberty, to diminish liberty, to take liberty and rights away. While a government failed them, and they're calling for more government. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I would expect the cops, we were here once in Florida. They staged outside. Why the hell did we stage outside that elementary school? Uh, I'm going to pay a little bit of of, of an exchange. Uh, I know Steve got it. Steve McCraw from DPS just spoke with, a reporter spoke with him. They were back and forth on this. Go ahead, Steve.
4: You say there were 19 officers gathered in the hallway or, or somewhere. What efforts were made to try and break through that door? You say it was locked. What efforts were the officers making to try and break through either that door or another door to get inside that classroom?
2: None at that time. The the on-scene commander at the time believed that it had transitioned from an active shooter to a barricaded subject.
4: You have people who are alive, children who are calling 911 saying, please send the police. They are alive in that classroom. There are lives that are at risk. That's not protocol, is it? We're
2: well aware of that. Right, but uh, why was this decision made not to go in and rescue these children? Again, you know, the uh, on-scene commander considered a barricaded subject, and that there was time and there were no more children at risk. Obviously, Obviously, you know, based upon the information we have, there were children in that classroom that were at risk, and it was, in fact, still an active shooter situation and not a barricaded subject.
3: Okay, so barricaded means, despite the fact you get the officers outside, stay pat, don't do anything. Oh, my goodness. I, if we continue hearing stories about more shots take being heard and in that classroom, in that barricaded situation, oh, my goodness. Look, I'm approaching this simply as someone talking, talking for a living, talking with you about it. I know you, I, we got a lot of people in law enforcement right now out there tuning in as well, but I, I'm telling you, friend, from my perspective, the parents, they would have charged, they would have stormed the room. They would have taken one of your little percussive little grenades, kicked down the door with whatever, and gone in there, sacrificed, two of the, two or three and sacrificed their own life, take the shot, allowing three other individuals to throw stuff at this punk and shoot him in the head. That's what, I think that's what parents were expecting was going to happen. Am I wrong? At Sergio talk, it is... A Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for joining us on The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez. In for my friend Dana. Man, I'm looking forward to disconnecting. I really need to disconnect from this stuff. And um, Lord help the families in and, and Uvalde and the first responders, all the people dealing with this stuff, because my goodness, they're going to need therapy for a long time we got real expensive gasoline right now as we go nationwide, Uh, come summer travel. All indications are, man, people are going to go all over the place just to get out after two years of being stuck at home. Had a conversation with my buddy Tim Snyder from MatadorEconomics.com, looking at that and maybe an an emerging market for us to sell more LNG across the the seas. Go ahead, Steve. Latest on gas prices and oil inventory extraction, all that. Tim Snyder with MatadorEconomics.com going into Memorial Day weekend. I've noticed the past couple of days, Tim, that the price of gas has gone from an all time high close to 460. Oh, it's down a few cents. And you got a few dims out there doing it, Jake. Hey, look at that. Price is coming down. Mike, it's still at record high just a few days back. What's the trend right now with gasoline? Why is it coming down a few cents? And what do you think may happen going into summer?
5: Well, I think we actually last week had a little bit of an increase in refinery runs. So that that certainly did help ease a little bit of the pressures at the pump. You know, even though it's just a couple of cents. It's not going to address what we're going to see from from now, literally now through, you know, just after the 4th of July. I think this of course that's the peak drive season and, and the highest demand for gasoline throughout the year is going to be right now this next month. Uh, but that's what that's what drove drove prices down just a ha- just a t- just a hair, okay. and I was glad to be able to pay four dollars and twenty four cents uh-huh. yesterday.
4: <laughs>
3: How high did you see it oh. up in North Texas where you're at?
5: Um, I saw it at the station that I buy gas in, and I watch uh, Gas Buddy actually uh-huh. uh, to see you know where the best prices are. But I think I paid 439s the highest I had. I saw the. The highest I saw actually advertised as I drive out to the bank is is uh, four uh, four fifty nine, but it's it's just a nutty price scenario right yeah. now.
3: Yeah, is it crazy how AAA and all these people that are into monitoring tourism they say about thirty nine million people are going to hit the road for the Memorial Day weekend, despite the fact that gasoline is through the roof, if the demand is so high and production is increasing, refining a bit faster, can we keep the price somewhere in the low fours on on average for for most stations?
5: You know, I think that's probably going to be what we're going to see for the year is keeping it, if we can get it back down to the low fours after the 4th of July. Um, I'm afraid we could have a a slight spike um, as we get closer to um, uh, to, uh, 4th of July and you know maybe above 450, uh, and that's, that's in Texas, not just the national average. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just a guess right now. If we get – if the Russians do something goofy, if we have a hurricane, lots of ifs out there, um, if inflation continues on the trends that it's been in continuing, you know, these are all issues that will pull people back. But it's interesting that I talked to a couple uh, late yesterday afternoon – and they were about to get in their car and and drive to Destin, Florida from Dallas. And, and I said, well, you know, the gasoline prices for that, you know, 10 and a half hour drive you know, are going to just, they're, you're double from what you would have done years past. I said, yes, but we've been cooped up for the feels like for the last two years. That's something yep. we're ready to do. We're going to spend the money.
3: Yeah. You mentioned Russia. I mean, how more goofy, goofier. Could the headlines be from what? What are you referring to when it comes to goofy headlines from Vladimir Putin? Because the only thing left is nukes. You're not talking about that, are you?
5: Uh, absolutely. Anything from nukes to um, you know the the fact that even though we're supposed to be having sanctions on Russian crude oil and natural gas going to
3: the EU, uh. none of that has happened yet. <laughs> okay. Diesel. You know. Yeah. Back to the U.S. Diesel. And the big rigs, yes, all the people delivering yes. stuff, is there any hope that we could increase production for them and bring the price down to low fours, at least where all the other cars are, per diesel?
5: I wish we could. I don't think so, Sergio. The problem we're dealing with is re- is limited refining capacity. We've had more of the diesel, the distillate refineries go offline than we have the uh, refineries that, that do gasoline, you know, and those kinds of products. So it concerns me the environment – for changing that has to be regulatory and we're not gonna see the federal government change their regulatory environments because you know requirements because what they're gonna do what they're doing is they're getting on the news saying we need more diesel, we need more gasoline yeah. and then on the back side of this thing the other half behind them are going, Okay, increase the and you know, increase the requirements to get those uh, refineries uh, relit and moving forward or do not allow the the new fossil fuels uh, refining capacity. So um, they kiss you on one cheek and bite you on the other.
3: You still got plenty of jobs out there, you see, for drivers and also oil patch, because the per barrel price is really good right now.
5: It is, but remember, it's just like we see in agriculture. We've talked about before. The unfortunate part about it is the increased cost of production is astronomical. One of the biggest things that I'm seeing right now in the oil patches is it'd be wonderful for jobs if we could just get the pipe to drill, and that's a big that's a big issue right now. Uh, drill stem is is a uh, is a real issue. We're having a hard time bringing that in.
3: I want to get your quick comments on. The possibility of liquefied natural gas, no distribution. Potential investors, man, they keep selling contracts.
5: You know, and I'm going to tell you, one of the big subtopics that went around in the Davos Economic Sum- uh, Summit that happened this week was uh, LNG. And there's, there's a lot of international interest on that. So I will tell you, when you have When you have an opportunity that shows that we really do have a ready and willing market, um, that certainly does help investors. Uh, Right now in a time when you have the SEC uh, telling people that, you know, you have to uh, follow their, what do they call it, climate disclosures and, and, you know, follow the the new rules that they have, it, it gives us an incentive to go out. And continue to try to produce. And that, in my mind, and you and I have talked about this for a years now, it's the greatest, one of the greatest single opportunities we have. This helps the entire country uh, by being able to take that liquefied or take that natural gas liquefied, put it on a ship, and be able to send it to the EU or wherever we need to send it. Yeah. It's a tremendous opportunity, and I hope I get an opportunity to work with somebody on it.
3: Have a great weekend, brother. As always, I appreciate your your insight. Tim Snyder, matadoreconomics.com.
0: Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world, and I can get you two free pounds. So, our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code DANA. So, not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana dana
1: listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time good evening everyone we begin the readout tonight with republicans just tying themselves into pretzels to point the figure in every single thing but the problem the gun in the wake of the murders of 19 <laughs> fourth graders and two of their teachers in uvalde texas from mental health to arming teachers to more armed law enforcement in schools every single thing except making it harder to buy weapons of war.
3: You guys who are junkies when it comes to news and information, you know who that is. I don't need to say her name. I'll just call her (laughs) Joyless. I was joking with Steve. Her audience is so minuscule on that clueless MSNBC. I probably have a bigger audience in my little news talker in South Texas, cumulative, than she does for a national audience. I'm Sergio Sanchez. And for my friend, my sister, and, and, and the battle for liberty, Dana and Chris and all the gang over at Radio America. Lord bless you, Dana. Get some rest this weekend. Yeah, um, campuses that are not secured—that got nothing to do with that. <laughs> door propped open to Steve McCraw moments back at the news conference. That door that this murderer... Used to get into the, to the school, propped open. It was a nice day. I was telling producer Steve, uh, we had we had just experienced a cool front crossing Texas. I know weather in North Texas is beautiful. Central Texas, the San Antonio area, beautiful as well. And Uvalde is uh, that is probably just west of San Antonio, probably real nice that day. They they propped the door open It's towards the end of the school year, right towards the end of the school year. Propped the door open, let some cool air in. Yeah, that had nothing to do with it. Troubled individuals, mental cases—no, had nothing to do with it. It's the gun, it's the gun. I'll talk more about that next hour. Appreciate you checking in. Uh, you want to say hi on Twitter? It's at Sergio Talk. I'm Sergio Sanchez. In for my friend Dana Lash. Happy Friday.
0: Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical, gold is tangible, and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's Investments. LegacyPMInvestments.com.
6: Uh,
2: what the uh, where we knew the the shooter entered or almost was propped open by a teacher. Eleven twenty eight. The suspect vehicle crashes into the ditch as previously described. The teacher runs to the room one thirty two to retrieve a phone. And
3: that's- Steve McCraw. He's with DPS in Texas. Welcome to hour two of. The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my friend, my sister, Dana Lash, and we're hoping that y'all have a a very safe and and restful uh, Memorial Day weekend. uh, As imperfect as our nation is, it's run by men and women. We're not angels, so if we were, we wouldn't need any type of government now, would we? Yeah. I think somebody talked about that uh, during the founding times of our nation, but we have been blessed with such a wonderful nation truly the shining city on the hill that still people still coming i'm broadcasting the dana show again from what i refer to as the dana show southern command we're in deep south texas this is south texas and san antonio they in south texas houston they ain't no south texas it's south of dallas maybe that's why everybody in dallas where they have the news desk over at the associated press say anything south of dallas is south texas uh, houston yet south of you that ain't south texas uh, san antonio that's central texas I'm South Texas. I'm at the border, amigo. McAllen, Texas studios of KURV. You want to say hi on the Twitter thing? It's <laughs> at Sergio Talk. And my goodness, we need to disconnect at some point. Uh, the news, the follow-up from these press conferences today. Steve McCraw, the, the guy from DPS, telling an impatient group of reporters. And you know, I appreciate them trying to do their job, trying to get answers. They're providing answers as quickly as possible. But the news that we, the follow-up news, it is disappointing. It's hard for me. I I don't want to be in a p I, I I don't like being in a position where I have to criticize folks in law enforcement. Here's the gist of it. Again, I I need to follow up on this from hour one, because you know, the reason that this is so painful and and especially for parents of little ones, I got a nine year old. That's within, you know, the age group. I got a 14 year old. I got a nine year old. Um, Lots of y'all tuning in right now to the Dana Show. You guys, parents who, Dana, you know, has a teen, you know, we all have kids and we don't like um, delving too much and thinking too much about those final moments. But as we find out how police were staged and they were in the hall and they got somebody barricaded in there, and all I hear is a policy wonk. A desk jockey. Forgive me, I, I I don't want to be disrespectful, but the whole situation to me I find it insulting as we follow up and find out how it was done because as a, we've been here before. And I'm, I'm not talking about school shootings. I'm talking about the response to them. We hear that there was a lockdown call. Salvador Ramos Shoots his grandma in the face. He, he takes 10 minutes outside the campus. Take, we understand he's taking shots nearby. Crashes his vehicle, emergency response. I can only... in my, See, that would be one of my questions. How many vehicles did you have at the initial crime scene so, you know, over at Grandma's? Do you have pretty much two-thirds or uh, you know half of the police department there responding to that? one? You know how it is in, in police situations. Everybody decides on one... You don't need all those cops in one location. And secure it with two or three, and and you know, follow up. Where's the criminal? Where's the gunman? Uh, I know it should have, would have, could have by now. But I, I'm. All I want to say is that for all those frustrated parents, and there's so much audio, so much video, all these frustrated parents on the sidelines, on the other side of the yellow tape, with police officer, police officers doing their job, holding back the parents. Why are? It's like my question, and I'm sure the question for these parents. Why are you? Wearing the uniform, the badge, and law enforcement, you say you're willing to take the bullet in this critical moment where it's time to charge the hill. It's time for a, all hands on deck. It's time to—I don't want to say start shooting. Ask ask questions later, but you got a crazy man inside the most sensitive and precious of places, which is a school. You know he's barricaded in one place. I was talking with another PD in, in the hall. And he, he was listening to the entire Steve McCraw thing and the exchange with the reporters. How close the cops were, how they were outside. They had him barricaded. And yeah, common sense will tell you. You've heard more than 15, 20 shots. How many kids in school? It's Only logic tells you. Right? By that point, only logic tells you. God forbid he's been in that one place. He's fired off that many shots. we got a bad situation. we got kids bleeding to death right now. That's, that's what's crossing my mind. How come it's not crossing the mind of law enforcement? They need to charge into the room. Excuse me. I know I'm not in law enforcement. I look at this from just a citizen. I look at it as a, as a parent. I try not to personalize this. I'm trying to not personalize it, but I know that you are. I know millions of people are frustrated c- citizens in Uvalde and Texas and across the nation. We've been here before, police staging outside. We. Ex- You're in law enforcement. I don't want you to lose your life, but that's what you're call, you're called to get in the line of fire. You're the secret service of the American public. You're called to get in the line of fire, especially for little kids, chihuahuas. My goodness! Okay, shoulda, woulda, coulda, sir. Sure, fine. Had we known now, and again, all the ingredients are there for you to make that conclusion. One guy. We know it's one guy. I'm sure it was pretty obvious, but it was one guy. One criminal. He shot Graham on the face. By that time, 15, 20 minutes already passed. He's inside the school. Okay, the door was open. We had two cops already shot. They engaged him with gunfire. He, He fought back. You got cops outside waiting to get in. It's a barricaded situation. How many shots have been popped off already? Oh, it's more than a dozen, about 15, 20. By that time, you know, because the parents can hear the shots outside. One room, how many kids in a room? Oh, it could be that many. We got to get in there. He's not making hostage demands. He's not making any type of demand. (sighs) Okay. Take the 19 in the hall, go outside. (laughs) Give your rifles to... The moms and dads, I'm sure, look, this is just for the sake of conversation, and I know it's emotional conversation, but it makes no sense to me. Please, someone explain to me, outside of the fact that you want every single cop to go home to his little kid, his little boy, his little girl, his wife, her wife, her family. The parents outside wanted the same thing for the little kids stuck in that one room with that one shooter. Go give your guns, your rifles, your pistols, your sidearms to all the parents outside on the other side of the yellow police tape. Let them say, "Okay, draw straws real quick. Give me a number between one and ten. Okay, one, two, three. You three, you charge first. You take the bullet. Get a definition of who it is. You, you be, you guys, you two, three, start throwing big books or whatever at the target you see in front of you." Distract him, and the first one that gets a clear shot, take him out. <laughs> I'm sorry, we've been here before, <laughs> and, and how to charge in a situation. Because we needed you to charge. We needed law enforcement to charge. I, I don't like being in the situation. <sighs> the answers are coming out. The press, they're doing their job demanding more answers, de- demanding more details. It doesn't look good. And you can tell me it should have, would have, could have surged. But you know what? The ones who would have charged the hill are the parents. The ones who would have charged the hill are the moms and dads outside, not staged outside, following policy and procedure. Because you got a, a barricaded individual. Common sense tells you so many, so many gunshots went off already. The kids in that one room, that one shooter—they're all compromised. Their health—they might be bleeding to death. Get your A double sticks in there. My goodness, it doesn't look good right now. now. I don't envy Steve McCraw. I don't envy law enforcement and, and what they did. I never follow up law enforcement. I have to go into that room and see for themselves the carnage. Now you talk about therapy for the for the parents. But I, I just look in the military, you charge the hill. In law enforcement, you're the secret service of little children in school. You're the secret service of the community. That's, that's what I expect. Do you expect any different? Yes, I do want them to go back home, but, but why? Why have so many in our committee surrendered the right of self-defense to that thin blue line if the thin blue line is simply at, at the, the moment they are needed the most? To sacrifice, to, to do what, I don't know, and I still don't know the final details, but we had a, a federal Border Patrol special unit to go in there and, and breach the door or, or something, get in there, and, and it's a Border Patrol agent who, who did it. It's, my goodness. For the left, it's always the gun. And right now, you got a bunch of loonies outside the Houston Convention Center, George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, at the NRA Convention, making it about the gun. It had nothing to do with a campus not being secured, especially minutes, several minutes after a, a shooting took place two blocks away from the school. Every door... Every access point is supposed to be closed. Man, you talk about a, a, a scenario, a case study, for all the teachers who are now going on vacation for the summer, and they got their local regions doing the Q&As on doing better security. They're going to look at all these awful mistakes. We've had so many school shootings, so many massacres, so many efforts to secure campuses, so many reassurances from administrators that, you know, we lock down, we don't allow you access to your children, but you drop the ball as a government employee. You drop the ball as a bureaucrat. You, you don't do enough drills, enough safety training. You let your guard down for, for one second. They're gone. The door was propped open because it was a pretty day. It's toward sort of the end of the school year. At the moment that you're most distracted... You're most vulnerable, I and mean, you know we just we just see a, a collection of all these mistakes a, and a lack of. Oh my! I'm not even going to say that that word. Courage is. I say because maybe you thought I was thinking of something else. But the left, it's it's the guns. Take the guns away. Diminishing more laws, more comments. Ain't no no such thing as as common sense. Common sense is. As law enforcement, do your job. Common sense is as administrators and employees on the campus, do your job. Secure the campus. Common sense is expect individuals to... We don't need laws to red flag individuals that are troubled in our community. That's another thing that's around the corner, man. I've had this little poem from Robert Francis O'Rourke, self-serving, selfish... Political grandizing, boob that is Beto O'Rourke at the press conference, making it all about him. You're going to hear a lot about red flag laws. We need to take the guns away from these individuals. We need common sense in our community, in our families, in our schools. They're online. You know who these who these crazies are talking about their fantasies to kill, maim children. There's a I'm running out of time in this segment. Maybe I'll get later on the show. You know what I'm talking about. Look, at, look for Beto O'Rourke's little poem he wrote of. Man, he was, he, was a young, he was a much younger punk. He's a punk today, but he was a much younger punk back then. I think I he think was like a, a late teenager when he wrote some fantasy about running over kids. I Who thinks, who thinks of, of crap like that? My goodness. It's 19 minutes after the hour. You're listening to The Dana Show.
2: Police in Texas are under fire for waiting 40 minutes to confront the shooter. Beto O'Rourke makes
5: a fool out of himself, again, and John Durham might lose his first court case connected to the Russian collusion fiasco. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us, follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Of
1: all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. We have to take very seriously the
2: threat which an illegitimate, far-right Supreme Court poses to gun safety in our country. (laughs) We have to expand the Supreme Court to get back the two stolen seats that the Republicans Mm. and Donald Trump took from the American people so that we uh, can ensure that when
3: we... That's the voice of leftist lost uh, Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey. Yeah, we have a massacre on our hands. Uh, Blame the guns, blame conservatives, blame individuals who advocate for liberty and self-defense. Yeah, we, we lost, they say, the left says they lost the court. To the rights of Donald Trump and it's illegitimate and it's time to take over the court. That's that's the line of thinking. Hey, welcome to the Dana Show I'm Sergio Sanchez, in for my friend Dana Lash. I hope that you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, the lunatics are on parade, amigo. My goodness. Take over the court. You know, we need common sense solutions. We, we need to seize these guns, outlaw this. Where, where does it end? You outlaw outlaw this, outlaw some more handguns, like all the crime up in Chicago any given weekend. Yeah, I went there and <laughs> talk about Illinois, talk about Chicago, gun law, you know central for for our country how's that working out for you we're gonna seize all and and outlaw all the guns that are being used every weekend up in chicago my goodness Uh, more on that as we continue the show meantime some headlines steve-o
1: and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech
3: Consumer note that you should know. Hyundai recalling explosive seat belts. Some accents, some Elantras involved in this. It's the device that tightens the seatbelt ahead of a crash. That sucker can explode and send shrapnel. So a big recall over at Hyundai. Carnival Cruise Line sending a ship from Florida to bring home more than 3,000 passengers to uh, the Caribbean. There was a fire early this morning they have to evacuate the ship and of course this weekend is top gun maverick at the box office i'm sergio sanchez and for my friend dana lash this is the dana show
1: want a behind the scenes look at the dana show subscribe to dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things dana at danalash.com:
2: you've all got so much to be proud of you really do by the way, once you're commissioned, remember, I'm your (laughs) commander-in-chief. So don't ask me too tough a question, okay? Uh,
3: Well, please, somebody tell Joe Biden. (laughs) That's just darn creepy. I'm your commander-in-chief. Why does he need to whisper into the microphone? Hey, welcome to the Dana Show, hour two of the program. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for my friend, my sister, Dana Lash, here talking with you, talking to you, with you, about liberty, about freedom, just common sense. All these leftists talk about common sense solutions for for guns. Guns are not the problem, amigo. My goodness. Hey, you want to say hi, the Twitter, my handle, which I've been trying to use a lot more of late. I've suddenly become a big fan of, as Dana says, the Twitters, Uh, thanks to my new neighbor, Elon Musk. In Brownsville. Yeah, I'm broadcasting the Dana Show today from the Dana Show Southern Command, Rio Grande Valley of Texas, Deep South Texas, McAllen, Brownsville, and Elon Musk. Elon spends a lot of time down over at SpaceX right here at Brownsville, Texas. Yeah, my neighbor, thanks to Elon Musk. I'm buying, And I hope he does buy the whole thing and fires a whole bunch of these idiots. I and mean, clean house and just open up to uh, conversation and technology advancement. Oh, Twitter. And I believe Elon when he says, man, we could do a whole lot more with Twitter. He could do. That's not me. I don't know any, own, own anything on Twitter. He's going to go private, by the way. But, yeah, get all these eggheads, all these nerds, all these tech geeks that develop products in software. Like, I don't know. The... Uh, like Facebook purchasing Oculus, the, the Oculus thing, trying to do like uh, another universe. Um, you got uh, all, you know, all these new products and gadgets that are being developed. Yeah, Twitter can do something like that too. That's the potential. There. Anyway, so I'm trying to use more of the Twitter thing. It's at SergioTalk, at SergioTalk. My goodness, I'm looking forward to disconnecting this weekend. And, you know, there was a new study on disconnecting from the online communities. Uh, Dr. Gregory Jantz, I asked him to come on the show. So I'm going to share that conversation with you in just a second. Uh, It will help your state of mind, your peace of mind, might even help your sleep at night. Just disconnect this weekend and get some good rest. The the problem in our country, and and you're going to hear an incessant cry and wailing and the marching and, and all this foolishness you know outside the convention center in Houston they got the NRA convention they're going to be parading they're going to be protesting guns are the problem limit guns get rid of guns you can't do that now I posted on on Twitter as I was announcing just a moment back and for Dana today man you you disarm uh, you take away the ability for the law-abiding to protect themselves you take you take the power of self-defense from the law abiding you're only empowering the lawless it's just it's you talk about common sense now that's common sense the problem in our nation when it comes to all the school violence we come to find out today as as um, Steve Crawford from DPS admitted to the media the door was propped open it was a pretty day in Uvalde, Texas. Towards the end of the school year, they let the guard down. They propped open the door. There was an incident. They had plenty of minutes to react and shut down and tighten up the campus. Tighter than a gnat's anus. Tighten it up. Protect the kids from that. It's a shooting, at 911 shooting incident down the street. We found out that the security officer for the school, this dude drove by, past the shooter. Did you not see the rifles this dude's carrying? The long guns? Because that's what he had. He had long guns on Just failure after failure. Our problem in our nation is our eroding morality. That's that's the thesis. That's, That's the gist of it. It's our eroding morality that is capitalizing on our liberties. We have the ability to protect ourselves. We have unsecured campus, campuses, that hopefully now, once and forevermore, They finally need to be secured. They kept asking Ted Cruz and other politicians, you know, leftist. The media is a leftist media just by nature. They don't know anything else other than that. There are very, very few people in media, very few people in the press that do anything else other than that. They've studied broadcast journalism or writing or maybe online journalism. That's all they do. Talk ask them to show you the engineering skills ask them to show you the medical skills no they're just trained to write and ask questions the older sometimes the older the journalist is sometimes the more seasoned well rounded the journalist sometimes the better questions that you get but that's not necessarily the case the culture is left of center and always going to, why Americans? And the questions I know, the well, one that was in the news where Ted was talking I think of somebody from England. They don't understand, and you know from something that was Sky News, right? the, what the Fox News version of, of the press from England "Why only?" and I can't do the English accent. Why only in America? Why only in America? America is unique. America has a culture of liberty. It's not a culture of guns. It's not a gun culture. It's a culture of liberty. Unfortunately, you mix into that a lack of morality. A very unique, modern lack of morality. See, in America, we do believe in self-defense. We have a a prosperous, a, a free population, an electorate, and may I add, prosperous and lazy. We're we are to blame for the politicians, the policymakers that we have in power right now. Taking the eye off the ball. Lack of morality. Accepting all this confusion. And, and a lot of it is the indoctrination of our kids in schools. It's a counterculture to our liberty-based way of life. We. Some of y'all woke up, and thank you to all of you who decided to run for office and actually represent over at the local school district. So we need a hell of a lot more than that nationwide. You guys need to wake up and represent at the school district first, and then maybe City Hall County or go to Congress. A lot of destructive ideas our kids are being exposed to. All these, all these academic ninnies, they're just picking belly all day long and rethinking the wheel, creating all this confusion. Think about all the confusion they're creating. And all these identities—from their civic identity, their identities as citizens, historical identity, sexual identity—of late, it's just—it's madness. It's a wake-up call to our country to wake up and, and seize the power again. It starts at the local level, it starts at the school district. This degrading uh, morality that exists in, in our country. The problem is an unsecured campus, is an unsecured teacher, an unsecured classroom, and yes. He, allowing teachers to defend their life and the defend the life of our kids. There's one, I'm not going to say who it is on air. I have a lot of respect for her and her family and uh, reforms in education. One one friend that I noticed a post online, top education leader, not only for the Air Force, but for Texas. Was re- she was reacting to messages by individuals like yours truly. I, I want my kid's teacher properly trained and properly armed, and I want the sign on the classroom door and on the gate of the school that you go mess, try to shoot my kid, my kid's teacher is going to pop you first. But, well, you know, there's so many schools that say, no, we don't. We can't have any of that. Ah, guns, we don't, we don't need more guns on campus. That's a precisely what we need on campus, a, a, a guardian, a defender. That topic, I'm going to share with you next hour of the Danish Open. My friend, she posted online, and she's, yes, very, very leftist, not progressive. Cause I, I don't believe leftists are progressive. They don't progress. It's descending into confusion and chaos. This is what's taking place right now from the modern Democrat Party, modern left. If you can't, she said online, if you can't trust me to choose your kids' books, you shouldn't be trusting me with a gun to protect your kid like, I'm sorry. That, that statement is easily inverted. If you're not willing to protect my kid with a gun from a bad guy with a gun, you've got no role, no role, no purpose whatsoever in teaching my kid, you being a teacher. That's the way I think about it. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that. So let the left make its noise. It's irrelevant. We, we, we need to fight to preserve our liberty and our right to self-defense in this nation. Like I told you, I'm looking forward to disconnecting, turning off all the bad news for a few days, and just sleeping, because my goodness, it's been a, an awful week. I, I talked about this with psychologist Dr. Gregory Jantz. Are you addicted to social media? Is it the first thing that you check in the morning, the last thing that you see before you go to sleep? You're constantly grabbing your tablet, your, your phone, and checking to see what's going on in the world, and social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah, you like everybody else. But there's a new study that says that avoiding social media platforms for one full week, imagine that, disconnecting from all of this for a full seven days, none of it. You can't touch it, you can't see, ignore it, just do, do something else. Ignoring that for one week significantly improved a person's well-being, lowered levels of anxiety, lowered depression. Psychologist Dr. Gregory Jantz is my guest. So, what's next, Dr. J? Doctors might be prescribing writing it up in a prescription. Avoid social media for one or two weeks.
6: Oh my goodness! Well, we some of us, some of us need to do a technology detox. What's that look like? Well, maybe maybe start with one day a week. Maybe it's, I don't know, Sunday, and just say I'm going to be off of it for one day. Just begin to see. I, now, I founded a place called The Center, a place of hope, and we have people come in from all over the country, and I can tell you there is detox from technology symptoms. I see the heart rate up. I see the sweaty palms. I see the headaches. And so it's all the classic signs of addiction and people are, they're doom scrolling, they're just scrolling away, you know, and it's always on the negative. You know what, we weren't wired for so much oversaturation of negative, and what it does to our brain chemistry over time, so it'll depress your brain, make you anxious. Arguing with people,
3: some folks make the mistake of going down that hole, they shouldn't, and they can engage in a tit for tat, back and forth, why you're wasting your life? You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your emotion, wasting the opportunity to do something productive with your life. Just you know, oh, I need to have the final word. They get they start arguing with people online. That's one thing. Number oh, two, yeah. you mentioned the news cycle, which uh, social media is only an extension of the twenty four seven news cycle. I tell you what, this week, anyone who would avoid the awful news in in West Texas, I tell you what, I, I think they'd be much happier for it, not constantly hearing just just the awful, heartbreaking news.
6: You know, we need to take some good self-care, uh, which sometimes means stepping back, taking a pause, and going, what are the things that I could be doing in my life that are creating more anxiety, uh, more depression? Oh, by the way, and I've got an incredible free depression anxiety survey that I'll give you in a minute okay. that you can take Just see where you score, because it could be the steps. And I'll give you some some free things. It's the steps you can take in order to begin to, to feel better and deal with this barrage of social media. You know, we know with our youth and our teens, uh, it, it'll lower their self-esteem. Uh, going on social media, living in a digital world, does not cause you to feel good about yourself.
3: And you know what I've noticed, Doc, uh, Dr. Gregory Chance, psychologist, my guest. What I've noticed, for yours truly, lack of sleep, fatigue, you compound a lot of negative stuff. And I'll be honest with you, Doc. This week, I had one really bad day right after the West Texas Uvalde yeah, thing. Yeah. Lack of sleep. You know, for personal reasons and health reasons at home, just taking care of stuff. My goodness. Midday, it hit me really hard because it had been a constant. I'm sitting here just listening to the feeds and taking in some of the written stuff and the audio. It's just... And I got little kids. I got a nine-year-old and fourteen-year-old, and yes. we make the mistake of you know personalizing this. You know, we put ourselves in their place, and then we internal. I internalize a lot of this stuff, and I stopped be- because of just the deep, awful sorrow that I'm sure millions of people experience. But I stopped. I I went home and and I went. I realized I need. I just need to sleep. I need to sleep it off. And so about yeah, two hours definitely. later, uh, I felt a whole lot better. But the sorrow is just awful. Yep. Oh, Lord help those folks you. in West Texas. Take a moment, pause and rest. It's all part of the, the mix of, of what you need to better mental health. Uh, so tell me about that checklist that you, you were mentioning earlier.
6: Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to I'm sorry. Go to A Place of Hope, aplaceofhope.com. You'll see it on the tab there. Take the survey. It takes a little bit of time, but it's going to give you a lot of feedback, and uh, there's a lot of good just free resources If you're struggling with that depression or anxiety, uh, you need some more ideas, uh, it's there for you. We want to help out, and we have way too many people anxious and depressed right now, and I get it.
3: The folks who need a lot of help, I would imagine, would be on the front lines who respond to a scene like this. First responders, law enforcement, and, of course, the families in West Texas. Uh, My goodness, this would be long-term help, like... Probably years, I would imagine.
6: We're dealing with significant trauma. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah.
3: All right, Doc. Pleasure speaking with you. Good be with you. You bet. A big thank you to Dr. Gregory Jantz. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Amigo, disconnect. Get some rest. Look to the sky. Thank the Lord that you're an American. You live in the greatest country on earth. Again, look at all these people trying to get in illegally. Thousands by the thousand daily. They're right across my border right now. Thank God you're in America.
1: It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man.
3: Yeah, this story had me had me laughing from from Haines County, Florida. Tractor trailer driver facing charges crashed into the back of a Publix shopping center, Haines City. happened last uh, happened yesterday, a Thursday afternoon. Michael Calville, fifty one, Cape Coral, Florida was making a delivery to the shopping center. Uh, He tore an awning, hit an unoccupied truck, dragged about 200 feet. Officers showed up after the crash. And this dude refused to get out of the truck. He thought he was being punked by some TV show. And uh, his behavior was erratic, just weird. They asked him, hey, you been sleeping? Uh, You been drinking? Uh, You got a mental condition? What's going on with you? (laughs) The guy told uh, the officer, no, I was smoking my meth pipe. So all the damage and, yes, even the methamphetamine charge, the possession charge, that's that's what they're going to hold this guy to. This is The Dana Show from South Texas. I'm Sergio Sanchez.
2: their commanding officer was not at least when they were familiarized with this training and they should have done what they were posting on Facebook they were doing. Where Who dropped the ball? Yeah, I,
6: I, I don't
3: have the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't have the answer to that question. That was Stephen Craw. He's the chief over DPS. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Dana Show from South Texas. The Dana Show, Southern Command. I'm in for my sister, my, my precious friend, Dana Lash. Dana, big hug and a kiss to you and Chris and my brother Sugarcane and Steve and all the gang, thanks for giving us a call, and we're so happy to be here uh, on your behalf today. And we're just—it's you know, it's heartbreaking, disappointing, um, crushing. To get more details and information on what the Keystone Cop reaction— Forgive me again. I love my family, my thin blue line family. I love you guys, but the information's coming out of Uvalde is is not uh, representative of the best moments for at least Uvalde PD reporter. You, you probably could barely hear it in the background, Uvalde, Uvalde reporter. Or some report in your valley saying, hey, asking Steve McCraw, hey, so cops uh, back last year, they were training, they're supposed to be familiar with all this, and how come the lead didn't do anything? So who dropped the ball? I don't have an answer to that. Okay, that's that's what he decided to to choose. I I explained last hour, you know, my opinion. It's not guns. It never is guns. The problem is not guns. I mean, don't blame the pencil for failing a test. Don't blame bombs and shrapnel and what else do they put in explosive vests? They put nails, little pellets. Don't blame that as the problem when you get a suicide bomber. I mean, what else? Um, yeah, 46,000 deaths on U.S. highways last year, right? Anyone blaming the car? I think Senator Kennedy <laughs> mentioned that one. What, you going to blame planes? Planes are scary. Ah, I hate it when they lose altitude during turbulence. you're gonna make planes for 911 No it, it's just it's the one who carries that firearm the one who uses could be a knife it could be it could be like go back to the pencil surgically uh, surgical strike properly placed sharpened pencil in the right place <laughs> you'll take somebody out. It's not the object; it's it's the individual who is intent on taking individual another individual or group of individuals' life, liberty, property, happiness, health. It's uh, it's evil. It's evil, and it's uh, our our morality is for many years. This is nothing new. For many years, it has been degrading. It's a lack of morality. Look, the 18-year-old, the shooter, the murderer from Uvalde, Texas, his dad popped up in the news. Now, we have noticed in some of the reports that I think his mom might have some problems, had a troubled relationship with him. Um, It all starts at home. It all starts at home. This 18-year-old shooter killed his grandma, popped one. In the face. A woman's probably still trying to recover. I don't know if she passed away or not. They haven't increased the death toll from this. I'm guessing she's probably still alive fighting for her life. She was shot in the face by this young punk. And whether he was one high school student earlier in the show, I played a a cut that Steve found from a high schooler who said that this guy, this um, Salvador Ramos, he had not been bullied. Maybe he hadn't been bullied by him, but this kid had had a messed up past. He had one friend who talked to the media, played basketball with him, but noticed that Salvador's behavior kept descending into chaos and, and darkness, and just weird, cutting his face. That's not normal. None of that is normal. Where's the mom and dad? I'm not, blaming, I'm not placing blame. I'm just giving you, you know, what we know. He grew up with Grandma. I'm sure she tried her best the way she knows. It's always imperfect. Uh, the dad popped up. I don't know for what for whatever reason. I don't know what happened with his family. It's, this obviously this is a, a family that is a poster family for a dysfunctional family. Dad was blaming the mom. I guess he was living. Mom had her own personal problems. Kid grew up with with grandma. Dad out there. Literally saying, look, it was, it was the, it was my son's. He said, my son's uh, what? The, the fact that his mom never purchased, bought him new clothing. Right? Because always looked disheveled, looked bad for some reason. Claimed that he was bullied at school because of his his clothing. And of course, the the family with their own problems. For me, the the crushing information that's coming up is. The lack of intervention—just to use a polite word—lack of intervention. The lack of charging the hill at a moment when police should have, in my opinion. Of course, I wasn't there, but we, if you listen to the press conference with Steve Ricard on Friday, for some of y'all who get this program on the weekend, you need to go back and look for it Friday. It is uh, May 27th, Texas News Conference. Steve McCraw answering questions and giving more details. The door was propped wide open at the school. They were enjoying nice weather. They did, despite several minutes of 911 and emergency response, and needing to lock down the campus. That campus was not properly locked down after multiple, multiple massacres on campus. And that's supposed to mean you know, your training supposed to kick in. And then the cops staged 40 minutes before they finally went and took the individual that was barricaded in there. And I've told you my argument. You listen to the podcast, which is a condensed version of the program. Give the rifles, give the guns to parents who were more than willing to sacrifice their lives to give their babies an extra 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes of EMS response to help them not bleed to death inside that room. They would gladly give their own life to give their babies a chance to, to live. Soldiers are supposed to charge a hill, land on the beaches of from Iwo Jima to D Day, the beaches of France, take the first fire. The parents were more willing to take that first fire than police. I find that embarrassing. And you know, on this of all days, this Friday, that is a, a Memorial Day, where we remember the most courageous citizens. Among us, the young men who for various engagements, various wars, they were told to charge, to be the first to take the bullet. They did. And as I said last hour, our first respond, our police, our police, our sheriffs, our cops, our DPS, the way I see them, they are the secret service for our children. They're supposed to be secret service for our families. Because we got way too many minis in our community say, Oh, we need to take guns away from everybody. Only police need to have the guns. How'd that work out? It didn't. It never does. I said it when I was introducing myself online on Twitter at Sergio Talk. Man, you take away the right of self-defense. You take the ability for an individual to protect himself. You take the ability for a law-abiding individual to protect himself, herself, there's only two, only him and her, you take that power away of an individual to protect himself, take that self-defense away, the law-abiding, take that away from the law-abiding, and you empower the lawless. It could be a lawless individual, as in a shooter, or an illegitimate government that is lawless, And it's tyrannical approach to governance over you and I. We're different. America's different. Because we arm ourselves. We've codified this in our law, in our founding documents, to protect our life, liberty, and property. Not only from individuals who wish to take it away from us, but from tyrannical government. That it oversteps. It's been, right now, there's a, a parade of fools outside Houston, the convention center, at the NRA convention. There's a parade of fools ever, on TV, on the cables, and, and the talking heads at, at the little tables on, on the cable channels. Talking about, oh, we need comprehensive, we, uh, we need common sense law, we need restrictions on this, that, and the other. It's slow creep, slow creep toward tyranny. Surrender your right to, to defend yourself and give the power, give all the power to government. Among the fools out there self-aggrandizing, self-serving, selfish Robert O'Rourke. Fake Mexican. Good Irish boy. Top of the morning, Robert O'Rourke. The audacity of this fool making it all about himself at that press conference. You want a solution It says stop selling AR-15s. Okay, how about stop selling some of those pistols used in Chicago for all those shootings, all those murders? Up in Chicago, up in Illinois, all across the country. Where does it stop, Beto? Uh, some of these fools also asking for like red flag laws, right? We need to identify the individuals mentally unstable. <laughs> If we were to use mental instability, we need to seize the guns from every almost every single Democrat that's out there, especially the policymakers and the politicians. Got to seize those guns. Man, the way some of these Dems are talking these days, they're they're just downright, they're beyond crazy. They're lunatics. Let me uh, read that little poem that's out there. You know, if this was a conservative politician, I'm convinced of this little blurb that was written up. And that is well, always credited to Robert work when he was um, a teenager. Man, if this was on the other shoot, much like the whole Hunter thing, you know, president kid being a, a conservative, you know, I mean, this would be top of the hour news. This guy wanting to be governor, but he said this in the past, and we need to have a panel discussion on CNN and MSNBC about this. <sighs> One day, as I was driving home from work, I noticed two children crossing the street. They were happy happy to be free from their troubles. I knew however that this happiness and sense of freedom were much too overwhelming for them this happiness was mine by right I had earned it in my dreams uh, the words written by a young Robert Francis or top up of the morning he continued to write as I neared the young ones I put all my weight on my right foot, keeping the accelerator pedal on the floor until I heard the crashing of two children on the hood and then the sharp cry of pain from one of the two. I was so fascinated for a moment that when, that when after I had stopped my vehicle, I just sat in a daze, sweet visions filling my head. My <laughs> Yeah, I know he's a young punk. He's an old punk now. But that, there you go. That's, that's the guy trying to make the whole press conference a couple of days back all about himself. Running for governor. That's the best you got on the Democrat side? That n- nut job?
1: Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show.
3: Appreciate you sticking around. This is The Dana Show. We're broadcasting from deep South Texas. This is the real South Texas. RGV, Southern Command, for The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez. If you want to say hi, I'm using more of the Twitter thing now. Thanks to Elon Musk. I'm soon to take over Twitter when I show my support. It's at SergioTalk, at SergioTalk. Around the corner, I have a conversation with a retired um, Texas Ranger, DPS Texas Ranger who has made it his life's calling, he and other partners, to help train school districts. Mostly, these are mostly rural school districts. See, here in Texas, we do things a bit different, but it's voluntary. I wonder how things would have turned out very different had this Defender program been in place in Uvalde, Texas. You see, here in Texas, lawmakers on a voluntary basis have allowed for defender programs and marshal programs to be set up at school districts. The rural programs, the rural school district sopped this up immediately because we need to train as many people on campus to defend our classrooms, defend our campus in the event somebody shows up and the sheriff's is 30 minutes away, you know, from the other side of the county. Texas is big. So it's, it's not the Marshall program that he's talking about. He helps create defenders on campus. So that conversation around the corner It might be an option. No, it should be an option, in my opinion, that needs to be looked into across Texas and the nation. We have to harden the campus and protect our kids at the campus level. All right, Steve, well, let's do some headlines.
1: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
3: Personal income spending slowed last month, figures out the day from the Commerce Department. Personal income up four-tenths of a point, spending about five-tenths. Yeah, factor into that. What was it, like six-tenths, seventh, eight-tenths of a point? Inflation? Yeah, pretty much a wash, isn't it? A South Carolina dog named Pebbles now holds the record for the oldest dog in the world. 22 years, 59 days old. Times seven, what is that, like 140, almost 150 years? You're listening to The Dana Show from South Texas. I'm Sergio Sanchez. Say hi on Twitter at Sergio Talk
1: listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time fox 2
3: in san francisco as city schools ban the use of the word chief in connection with any work level in other words officials say the move is out of cultural respect for native americans a replacement term has not yet been determined yeah respect right respect respect would be to prop something up have it shine have it seen have it heard by everyone <laughs> man some people are just so darn stupid my goodness hey welcome to the the Dana show I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my friend Dana so I, I hear stories like there's like what's next like and, and, and hey it's you know for the left for these crazies, these leftists, so-called progressives that want to put everything in reverse, yeah, don't be too surprised if m- maybe this little ember catches flame and creates a cultural another one of those cultural fires and windstorms and firestorms. Maybe the president won't be able to say, you know, I'm your commander in chief, right? Remember that little whisper from earlier in the show? I'm your commander in chief. Yeah. You you respect something. You you prop it up. You showcase it you you it. you you display so you show respect this is systematic erasure systematic zeroing out systematic disappearance of anything related to you know uh, so called native american culture right just get rid of redskins you know, get rid of Indians, get rid of chiefs. What's next? Start renaming all the states and cities and counties named after all these, you know, numerous tribes and clans, right? Just out of respect, erase all of them. Erase all of them. Get rid of the Lando Lakes lady. Just put a big zero on there. Just erase all of it. No one will ever think, contemplate why it's named that way. What is behind that name? These people are so, don't so darn stupid. Uvalde, Texas, I felt to mention earlier. One family has two funerals. It is um, Irma Garcia, one of the two teachers, killed her husband. They say her his family says he died of a broken heart. He, he um, laid some flowers, I think, near the school, and uh, he was heartbroken that his high school sweetheart had been shot dead, Ir- Irma Garcia, her husband had a heart attack. So that family has two funerals uh, to do right now. Uh, One good thing about this holiday weekend, this Memorial Day weekend, and the end of May is, uh, I know that from Virginia, uh, some of y'all have been addicted to this uh, Johnny Depp, Captain Sparrow, um, killed by, it wasn't killed, but the career, the Captain Sparrow thing from Johnny Depp, that thing was good. That's the allegation. He took his ex, Amber, best scene, not her. took her to court. All this stuff, all this foolishness, uh, the only thing I gleaned from it from the online comments, I, I'm proud to tell you, I, I didn't hear a single minute or hour or anything of this thing. I just kind of gleaned from comments. She's a poopy head. That, that's, that's what I glean. Literally, she's like, she's a poopy head of the bed. That's where she pooped. And, and, and he's a probably a battered husband. So this thing coming to an end. Mercifully, thank you, Lord, Finally. We get rid of that. And um, Centers for Disease Control confirming they've got less than a dozen monkeypox cases, seven states, from the CDC. The director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, saying all nine cases are among gay or bisexual men. It's a cluster, a small portion of the community. When they say they're able to contain it, that's because they're able to communicate. They were able to identify and communicate to this small subset folks that these guys are probably with each other at one time. The monkey pox is transmitted by, by touch. So, that's that's why they, they say they're able to pin it down. 39 minutes after the hour. This is the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my friend Dana. The problem that we need to focus on, in my opinion, and I found a friend who's on the front lines of helping school districts out with this. Brad Oliver helps train school districts, especially rural districts, to arm Train their employees at schools. Go ahead, Steve. An expert in security, Brad Oliver is a retired Texas Ranger. He's also founder, co-founder of something called Cinco Peso Training Group. Brad, I appreciate your time.
4: Tell me about hey, your thank you for me.
3: your stint as a Texas Ranger. How many years were you a Texas
4: Ranger, Brad? So I, I did a total of over 17 years in the Texas Ranger Division. You know, a lot of people don't understand that the, the, the Texas Ranger Division of Texas DPS, so I did a total of 27 years with uh, Texas DPS with the last 17-plus years in the Ranger Division.
3: You're retired now, and I understand that you founded co-founded this Cinco Peso Training Organization, and you're training school employees how to deal with active shooters. How and yeah. why, you know, what was it that got you started down this path?
4: Well, because we, we realized my, my business partner over 10 years ago uh, was asked by a very rural school, rural country school, where his children were going, they asked, hey, what can we do to better prepare ourselves because we have limited law enforcement in this large county? So what we have done is developed this very comprehensive plan that uh, we have over right at 30 school districts across North Texas, Northeast Texas, and out toward West Texas that is a voluntary basis on school staff. It's not just teachers. It can be anybody that works for the school district if they want to. It's totally voluntary that they can sign up for this program, and we call them defenders. They are armed defenders, and we give them a very, very comprehensive training on the use of firearms because, sir, you you know, for 27 years, I I was identified as a first responder these school staff members that they elect to uh, step up and take this great responsibility they're immediate responders and we mm-hmm. need immediate responders in this type of incident when when evil comes to our schools we cannot wait for first responders to get there we got to have immediate responders so these these school defenders go through some of the, some very very good training. They are held at the same firearm qualification standards as our police officers across the state. They are actually using. They are training with their firearms, shooting more rounds a year than the vast majority of all police officers in the state of Texas.
3: And this is a program, an option, volunteer opportunity for yes. certain school districts now on campus. Now, what can you tell me about the tex- Is the Texas law? available to all school districts across the state of texas yes,
4: yeah yeah any any school district can elect we are not doing the marshall program that was implemented several years ago we are not affiliated with that we do what's the difference then with that. this is brad so, what's so, the difference so the marshall the marshall program has a lot more they're saying they can only have a certain amount of people there you can okay. only use certain ammunition all these things that some people made up some rules that really don't understand the practicality of being in a in a violent, fast acting uh, encounter, right? A gunfight, okay. if you want to say that. Uh, so what we have, what we do, ours is a proprietary program, and we call it the Defender Program because you know some of our school districts have up to almost twenty. The large school districts have close to twenty school defenders. We have some that have three. It depends on the you know the size of the school district and how many people actually want to volunteer to do this.
3: Okay. So it's available to all school districts across the Absolutely. state of Texas? Absolutely. The, the and Senate they can go Coast. to
4: our website and okay. they can find out more information and contact us on any training they like to do.
3: Have you seen an increase, people coming to you or going online or sending you emails or text messages?
4: Not, uh, you know, not yet. I, I think everybody is still just trying to reel in from the, this tragedy that has happened. But uh, my opinion is that there are a lot of things being talked about at school districts across the state of Texas right now. Okay, what do we need to do? And, again, it's starting with we need to evaluate the way our schools are being built, right? These beautiful schools are being built, costing millions and millions of dollars, but they're all made out of plate glass. So we can have every door locked, but if we got glass everywhere, it's not hard to get in. Yeah, and once evil gets in, you know, it, they can they can do so many things before they're stopped, and that's why we got to have the immediate responder, these de- armed defenders in the schools that can immediately address that situation.
3: This armed defenders concept for the state of Texas that I suspect some school districts will intelligently move toward and start training lunch ladies and janitors and teachers and coaches to defend our children their lives and the lives of our children Uh, i hope i would hope that more school districts start doing that here pretty soon in texas that that branched off that this policy allowing that in texas branched off from the initial school marshal idea that probably has already been sunset right we're looking at a a new concept that's available for texas schools did i say that right
4: yeah, so so we actually started. My business partner started his proprietary training well before the Marshall program really started. Okay, so, so it's always been Marshall. Available. Yeah, it came after, but we elected not to to go down that that path. We felt what we were doing and what how we developed this program was better for us in way that we train. And so far, we have been. Uh, our school districts are are very very pleased with the training they're getting and. And our availability to come to them if they have any issues to do our continuing training with them at all times. We have so many different uh, pieces of equipment that we're training them that makes them a decision. They got to make really good decisions. They got it's all scenario based training. Also, we're not just constantly shooting guns. We we are doing a lot of. They they've, they've got to that shoot don't shoot. They've got to know when they can and cannot yep. use deadly force. But we're also I, I would say fifty percent of our training goes to the medical side cuz we will train these armed defenders how to how to address how to deal with evil once we stop evil then we've got to go from stopping evil to giving medical aid and so we are heavily heavily in the medical aid where they can immediately start applying tourniquets and other things to stop that bleeding and, and get these student body faculty members that they're able to get to a hospital with enough blood in them right, that we can save their life.
3: Retired Texas Ranger Brad Oliver, he's a co-founder of something called Cinco Peso Training Group, and training several school districts in Texas. It sounds to me like mostly rural areas for it is. local teachers it is. and lunch ladies to defend themselves and everybody, yeah, everybody to be ready to okay. protect the kids.
1: So
4: could, do you know why we named it Cinco Peso? No. So the Texas Ranger Badge from lieutenant to start lieutenant down is made out of an actual cinco peso. You see the rangers that are there at that, at Uvalde right now, the ones that are lieutenant above, their badges are made out of the cinco peso badge, 1947-48 year model because of the silver content. So mm. that's why we we are steep in tradition and and uh, with my experience as a ranger. We name that's what the cinco peso means.
3: You know what we need, Brad? We we need a we need a daily we need a regular dose of success stories that we never hear in the media. I'm sure that of the many school districts, the teachers and employees at school districts in rural areas of Texas that you've trained, I'm sure that there are some success stories, some testimonials where they thwarted an attack or they got somebody at the entrance or you know they prevented a massacre like the one in Uvalde. We never hear well, about those.
4: No, we never hear that. We hope so. Here, here's some, so probably over half of our 30 school districts post signs on all their campuses, on their doors, letting people know that we have armed faculty members, staff members here that are highly trained uh, to to protect and save our student body and our staff members. So, uh, you know, they, they post that out there and tell people. Now, the individual defenders, that that is all confidential, right? We do not. Uh, other members of the staff of the school district who are not part of the defender program, they do not know who the defenders are. That is, prob- that is part of the uh, uh, training we do is they want to be confidential.
3: As teachers and administrators go into summer break, and there will be plenty of training coming up. There for some individuals, there's just no convincing them whatsoever that in order to kill a bad guy with a gun, you need a good guy janitor or coach with a gun to kill that. There's no. We just don't want more guns in schools. Right. Ah, we need to get rid of all guns. Right. There's no moving these fools. Right. Sad to say. So, so that's
4: why these defenders are such heroes that, are, that, that, have, that have taken that responsibility, that they will step in front of evil to save that school, to save the, save the student body, save, save the other staff members.
3: How do folks find you, Brad, you and the crew at Cinco Peso?
4: If, yep, if they'll go to CincoPesoTraining.com. That's our website. We're also on Facebook. They they can reach us. They can reach us through Facebook, through our email, phone numbers on our website.
3: It's a Spanish word. Two Spanish words: cinco as number five, cinco peso as the currency. Cinco Peso Training That the
4: website? Yes, sir, it is.
3: Be safe, Brad. Thank you for all you do, Brad Oliver with Cinco Peso Training dot com. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my sister and my precious friend Dana Lash. From all the team, we're hoping you have a a safe, enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. Please reflect on the liberties that you enjoy, the very expensive price that was paid for us to enjoy our liberties, including the right to self-defense. I'm looking at some of the cable stuff right now, the predictable, (laughs) what do I call it, predictable clown parade of of leftists. We got the fake Mexican, good Irish boy, Robert Francis O'Rourke, top of the morning. He's... Leading the charge over at the outside the NRA convention in Houston, just gun control, gun blame the gun, right? You got a drunk, you blame the drunk driving, you blame the drunk. You get a stabbing, you what? You blame the assailant? Arson? There's an arsonist. Shooting? Yeah, blame the gun, right? <laughs> These leftists are crazy. Thank you for joining us on the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez. Say hi online on Twitter at Sergio Talk.
1: Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com.
3: All righty then. Yo, Steve-O. Yeah, you're going to have to get me the uh, the out cue on this, okay? Just because I got no clock, muchacho. So you just, whenever you can, text me the numbers, X amount of time, okay? Just to be safe. Attaboy. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, you want to say hi? It's at Sergio Talk on on Twitter, and um, I'm looking forward to getting some rest this weekend. As I mentioned earlier in the program, um, just I'm looking forward to the end of this week. It's just one of the most is one of the worst weeks, period. And uh, it's kind of hard not to you know, personalize I and mean, connect yourself to everything that's that's taking place, but. Uh, Love your family. Enjoy your family. Get some rest. Look to the sky. Thank God for uh, the fact that you're a citizen of the greatest country on earth. Do your part to protect our country, protect our liberty. Thank you to all those who have lost family members on the front lines of defense of our freedom. Thanks for joining us on The Dana Show. Have a wonderful weekend.